Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, on today's show, we've got several strategies that can help you reduce your taxes in retirement. And that's really something I know everybody wants to hear about. So stick around and we're going to cover it in a little bit of detail right here. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And, of course, Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative. He's been helping folks with retirement for more than 30 years. Silverleaf Financial is where you find him, silverleaffinancial.com. He's also an author. He uh, co-wrote the book, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. That's available on the website, so there's reason enough to go there. And um, so, Kevin, before we dig into, um, you know, reducing taxes in retirement, which I'm very interested in, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, right. But I got to ask you about the, this FTX thing and, and this crypto thing that just blew up. And, and I think there's so much, you know, that we don't know. But what's your oh, take yeah, on that? Sure. I mean, this thing fell apart in no time. I never saw a guy lose that much money that fast ever. I, you know what? I think he probably set a record. I think I think uh, Guinness is going to be you know talking to him real soon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, because that had to be a world record. Um, you know, and those of you that are have been following the business news uh, or, or the general news, I'm sure I'm sure they're getting plenty of coverage there too. Um, you, you know, this FTX <clears throat> was classified as a what we what they call a crypto exchange. Now, some people debate whether it was actually an exchange or not. You know, like the stock exchange. Uh, but FTX, if you guys have followed crypto at all in the last couple. I'd say in the last year, uh, the guy running this, Sam Bankman-Fried, he's been probably on the cover of every magazine in the country, and and he's been treated like he's an icon. Um, and these uh, big hedge fund guys that are supposed to be the smartest investors in the world, seriously, that's what they're supposed to be. Um, they you know lauded this guy, threw him all kinds of money. Uh, I mean, Sequoia Capital by itself was gave him over two hundred and ten million. Um, that's Jeez. just one of the, that's just one hedge fund. So there's a bunch of hedge funds that claim they did the due diligence, researching him, checking it out, give him a bunch of money. He went through multiple rounds of private financing, which a lot of you guys might know private equity is where a lot of companies start before they go public. 
Um, and they gave him a valuation of his company, FTX, of $32 billion. Just like like two weeks ago. Okay? Yeah, that, that too this, was news. And last week, he filed for bankruptcy. All right. And now it appears to be what I think is, um, in my opinion, and from what little bit I do know, it looks to me like this is probably one of the biggest frauds in history. Because what, what it looks like now is that he was taking customer funds and using them to support Alameda Research, which is other, which is a research firm that is supposed to be completely separate, separate, segregated from uh, FTX as an exchange. Now, there's it's a very, very complicated situation. They're based in the Bahamas, which um, in and of itself raises questions. It raises questions right there, right? Originally, I guess I would, I just learned today actually. That when he originally formed the company, which I believe was as recent as 2019, uh, not that you know, not that long ago, um, but he formed it in Hong Kong, and uh, and before I think it was right when COVID started hitting that he changed from Hong Kong to the Bahamas to Nassau Bahamas, and um, you know, so I'm I'm not a lawyer, I don't understand exactly you know how this is going to shake out. I think it's going to be a long time. We're going to be peeling you know peeling away at the onion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of layers too. You know, a lot of layers. You, you know what they said today that they could very well have a mil. They said a million. They might have a million creditors, a million creditors. And and I'm saying, how could I mean, just last just like three days ago, they said 100,000. And now they're saying a million. How can that be? Uh, I don't even know how it's possible. I, I really don't. It looks like this was um, I mean, just today. OK, they hired they declared bankruptcy last week. Bankman Fried stepped down as CEO of the company and they brought in a guy um, that actually did the bankruptcy, the proceedings, the, uh, uh, for what was it? Enron, Enron, a very well, I can't think of his name right now. I want to say it's daily. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but, but this guy is considered to be one of the most experienced individuals in terms of a bankruptcy and a restructuring of a company with the idea being, you know, you want to keep all the assets that you do still have, and then you want to figure out which creditors get paid and, and in what order, right? Because mm-hmm. some are more senior than others. And, and so there's a lot to work through, but, the, the question I'm asking myself, Steve, is why hasn't this guy been arrested yet? Yeah, I why, mean, how is he still out there? Well, I guess because he, he's not here. I think he's in South South America. Is that right? He, well, he claims he's still in the Bahamas. Oh, I know there's okay. been there's been rumors that he took off to Art, you know, Argentina. Everyone seems to go to Argentina. I don't know why, but, but <laughs> it's like it's like when they run away, like you're trying to get away, you go to Argentina. Um, but anyway, he claims that's not true. You know, uh, I mean, the question I guess is who knows what's true anymore. Yeah. Um, he says he's still in the Bahamas. And the thing is, he's putting he he's a he, he's a huge tweet. He's a tweet storm guy. I don't know what you call them, but he tweets left and right all the time. And I'd be willing to bet you his lawyers are saying, dude, you got to stop this. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, but he's tweeting all the time and, uh, um, you know, thought that they only had he said something like, I thought we only had five billion in leverage. Guys, it turned out to be something more like 13 billion in leverage, which is borrowed money. Um, and, and it's just, it's terrible. I feel terrible for people that have lost money. There's a lot of people that have lost money that had money in crypto that did not have it in, you know, you guys might know there's something called a crypto wallet, which you can set that up, which means you're taking it off of kind of taking it off the computer, you know, so it can't be stolen is the point behind it. Um, but a lot of people didn't have it in the wallets. They had it in the exchange and, and Freed took the money, uh, through some sort of back door that he denies um, but other people said that's what was there. That's what allowed him to take the money from FTX exchange and basically sweep it to Alameda Research, 
which was then lost because they had leverage and their bets went against them. And so uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of lessons here. One of them that we've talked about before, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on more, more time on it, but yeah. we talked about crypto a couple of times in the past, Steve. Mm-hmm. And what I said is that it's, you know, it's very complicated. I've said, I am not an expert on it. I don't claim that I can understand it to the point that I can justify putting money into it. And so what I've said in the past is that it had to be considered speculative and only put money in there that you can afford to lose that is not going to have any impact on your lifestyle. And so I hope nobody put in there more than they should have. Uh, I feel I do feel like it's probably mostly people younger than 40, let's say. So theoretically, they've got a lot of time to work and make the money back. Um, but to me, the reality is, 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 is to be very careful with something like this you don't understand. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about Bitcoin without realizing there are hundreds of these coins that they just kind of make up. They literally, as far as I can tell, make them up in thin, in thin air. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, Do- the whole Dogecoin, right? That, that yeah. Musk used to talk about. Yep. You know, that was created as a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> and it became okay? real. And it became real. That wasn't ever supposed to be anything that people actually thought of as an investment. It was a joke. And, and so literally doggy coin. Um, wow. So, so anyway, uh, guys, there's a lot of craziness out there, you know, uh, and, and I know we've all heard these stories before, but sometimes, you know, a good salesman or they can convince you to do something. All right. I'm going to say, you know what, this is why you want to work with an advisor because a good advisor can help you avoid these mistakes, right? And, and can help you to make sure you're putting your money in sound, prudent investments. They're going to be there when you need them to. And so I hope that people are able to get back, you know, at least half the money. But right now, uh, right now they're saying they might only recover 10 cents on the dollar. Holy cow. Well, I mean, they were, they, <laughs> they had a lot of believers. Well, I mean, you know, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. Um, oh yeah. They, yeah. They became, yeah, right. they, they were ambassadors. For the company. Yeah, right there was Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph right? Curry's another and, one. And and Matt Damon. Yes. And boy, yeah. I think those commercials are going to come back and bite them. <laughs> I'll bet they are. Well, you know what? Uh, Tom and Giselle have, have already been named in a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, in one of the many that I'm sure are, are getting, you know, are being formed or filed right now. Yeah. Uh, against FTX. And and obviously that's because they're, they're each worth, what, four or five hundred million. So. Yeah, um, well, you know, got to go where the money is. Well, you're not going to sue somebody that's broke, right? <laughs> no, of course. Or, or maybe, not. May, maybe it will, but I wouldn't bother with it. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, nonetheless, it's uh, it's a heck of a story. I'm sure, like we were talking about earlier, Steve. I'm sure there's going to be a movie coming out. Sure. And 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 so I guess the question is, who's going to play, you know, Bankman Free? Who? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, take a look know? at him. And I mean, you know, I don't, nobody comes to mind, but I mean, I'm sure there's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you what, let's well, let's jump into some taxes in retirement. How's that? Yeah, let's jump in in the topic that everybody loves. Pivot. That's what we call this. Yeah, right? so pivot. we'll pivot, right? Okay. Yeah, we'll pivot. So one yeah, of the know. things that we're talking about here is, you know, reducing our taxes into retirement. Yes, sign me up. Kevin, how do I do it? Oh, you, you know what? Well, that's what we want to do, right? We want to free up more money for things that you can have fun with, right? Because every dollar you don't spend in taxes, maybe that's a dollar you can go have some fun. Maybe you want to go fishing or traveling or uh, play pickleball. I don't know. Yeah, sounds uh, good to me. To- whatever you like to do, right? I mean, that's what I would rather do much, you know, rather than paying, you know, Uncle Sam, you know, so what we want to do is, you know, you want to remember when you're, when you're, uh, you know, when you're working, you're taxed on your earned income. When you're retired, you don't have earned income. Instead, you have your social security check. Maybe you've got a pension and uh, IRA withdrawals, retirement plan withdrawals, things like that. Uh, Well, you're going to be subject to something different called provisional income in terms of calculating 
determining how much you owe in tax on your social security. Now, all of it's not subject to tax, but up to 85% of it is as of right now. Um, now we all have to put a big asterisk next to this because, uh, um, uh, obviously Congress is going to be trying to meddle with this in some form or fashion, in my opinion. Uh, otherwise everyone's going to have a 30% cut in the next 10 years. So, uh, but as of right now, up to 85% of it is taxable and it comes down to provisional income. And so they're basically looking at all of your sources of income, and then they're going to take half of your social security income. And that's going to determine whether you have to pay tax on it, whether you pay tax on half of it or up to 85% of it. And so what I want to talk about is, is how you want to plan this, right? We want to sit back and we want to come up with a strategy for, for, for when you start these withdrawals so that you can do, so we can maximize, you know, the effectiveness uh, uh, in trying to minimize your taxes. Mm -hmm. And, and so, something I've talked about here before uh, and, and something I want to, everyone wants to remember is that your, your 401ks and your IRAs and your 403b, all these pre-tax retirement vehicles that we put in money, put money into, you know, every check, every, every month, every year, since you started working and all advisors like me say, you know, max out the 401k. Right. Uh, well, well something, and, and I still stand by that. All right. However, it's important to recognize that when you start taking that money out of those tax deferred vehicles, and let me point out, by the way, if you put money into a non-qualified annuity contract that also grows tax deferred, all right, and just like your other tax deferred vehicles, just like the IRA and the 401k, when the money comes out, it's taxed like income. So in other words, it's subject to your income tax rate, whatever that might be, based on your total tax situation. In other words, it's not subject to capital gains tax, okay? Mm -hmm. That's a very important distinction. And so- I think it's important that we remember that because, um, you know, your income tax rate as of right now is quite a bit higher than capital gains, but I believe that's set to expire in the next year or two if, if there's not something done. So we don't know where they're going to be in the future. And this is why I suggest and why I advocate Roth IRAs. Okay. Okay. Because Steve, if you got the money in a Roth IRA, you pay the tax when you put it in, right? Yes. And then, and then it grows tax-free and then- Provided you play by the rules, you know, you got to leave it in there at least five years. That, and that means your original, the first deposit has to be in there at least five years. Okay. Now you can always take out the contribution you make to a Roth IRA um, with, without any penalty, without any taxes. Mm -hmm. All right. How it's the growth, the growth on the money, the growth on the contributions. That's the money that has to be in there at least five years. And then it will come out tax-free. All right. And that's not counted against your social security. That so, is, that's so key. The, that's a key piece to this puzzle, isn't it? It is definitely, it is definitely a key because it, you don't have guys, you don't have to make very much before your social security is taxable. Uh -huh. And I, and a lot of people that I've talked to, they kind of default to that because they're like, what, I can make 10 grand before it's taxable anyway. Like I can't live without making at least 10 grand over my social security. So they don't have, they don't feel like they have a choice. And, and a lot of times when they, if you're at that point, you know, like right now you're making these withdrawals and right now you need the money because you're already retired, then maybe there's not any other thing you can do. There might, you might not have any other choice, but if you're a little bit younger and you still have the ability to structure your investments and maybe convert some of your IRA or maybe convert some of the 401k to a Roth, you know, maybe if you're, you know, like I'm doing that on a regular basis every year, that's what I personally am doing because I'm trying to build an income stream for myself and my wife that is solely Roth IRA. And so my goal is to, is to have all of my income, right? 
all of my regular guaranteed income, which I am personally doing with index annuities. Um, and so what you do is you put a Roth, you put some your Roth IRA money. Okay, we use that money to purchase an index annuity that has a lifetime income guarantee, right? And then all of that income is tax free. And because it's tax free income, it will not make you Social Security taxable. And so if the only income you have is Roth IRA income, and your Social Security, it's all tax free. Nice boy. That, and, what a what a pretty picture in retirement that is. And, and I tell you what, that's what I'm that's what I'm working towards. And yeah, and, I would and, too. Uh, you, you know, and and I think if anybody's in a position to do it, because in my opinion, taxes are the. I don't believe there's any. Let me say it this way: I believe there's very, very, very small chance that tax rates are going lower than they are right now. Um, I mean, right now, right now, did you know? That if you're married, you can make up to eighty grand, and your capital gains tax is zero. zero. Wow. Okay. I mean. Okay. Do we think it's Do we think it's going to get more generous? So, <laughs> I don't so think if, so. <laughs> no. So if you're, so, you know, so if, I mean, I mean, think about it. So let I don't. I, I just okay. If you have a, let's say you own something in the stock market, you've owned it more than a year, and your income is less than eighty grand. Maybe you could sell it. Deep now, there's other things we have to talk about, but maybe you could sell it. Right, pay zero capital gains tax, and now turn around and make a contribution with that money to your Roth. I'm just putting out a possibility if if that fits for somebody, you could take a gain on something that you could have. You could have doubled your money if if you fit if you're in that tax bracket. Pay zero capital gains, and if you haven't maxed out your IRA contributions, you then could contribute it to a Roth, and now you've got you know now you, now you've got money for the future, and so uh, future tax free money. And so to me, the Roth IRA is one of the best vehicles out there. Um, I don't want to take it for granted. And I always tell everybody that these are the laws as of right now, right? I have a hard time thinking that Congress is going to change the tax status of it. But at the same time, we're looking at a massive national debt, right? And so depending on who's in control and who has the vote, um, we don't, we can't take these things for granted. Right. So, but, but I do believe even if they do start to tax a Roth at some point in time, I don't believe it's going to be as onerous uh, as the other tax, as the other tax rate. Sure. So what, I, so what I'm doing is building up my Roth IRAs. I'm using that to create tax-free income. And then as I talked about before, what I'm doing is I'm laddering annuities. And so by laddering annuities, what it's going to let me do, I'll have, I don't know, six or seven of them is what I plan. And, and so what it does is then every couple of years, I can turn on a new income stream. And so every couple of years, I add, I add some more money. I got more money coming in. And remember, it's tax-free. So that's how I'm going to deal with inflation is by every couple of years, I'll start, you know, I'll turn on the income from one of these, one of these uh, annuities. You're going to give and yourself a raise. That's what you're doing. I'm giving myself a raise. That's right. And, and uh, you know, if I'm fortunate enough, I don't need the raise, then it can just keep on growing because every year you leave it alone, it grows that much more. Sure. So, uh, so that's my plan. And then other money is, you know, I'll have in stocks and treasuries and money markets and all those other things. Sure. It doesn't mean you don't have those vehicles. It just means the annuity is part of your portfolio. All right. I, that, that makes perfect sense. And so, folks, if you got Roth questions, uh, now's the time to give Kevin a call. It's 800-975-6717. Or just visit the website. You can reach out to Kevin right there on the homepage. You can send him an email and, uh, you know, set up a time to have that conversation. Um, I, let's just keep going here, shall we? Yeah, uh, yeah, well, by, all, by all means. So, so we're talking baby boomers because there's so many of us. And yes. uh, they are <laughs> retiring, what, about 10,000 a day? That's a number that yeah, I've that seen. Yeah, send that. There, there's supposed to be about ten thousand turning sixty-five. Turning every sixty-five. Day. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a bunch. 
And there's, there's, no, there's no end in sight for, what, 20 years? It's a long time for sure yeah. because, uh, well, well, I'm, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to let everybody know how old I am. I'm 58. I was born in 64, which is the last year of the baby boomer. So, so that means we've got seven more years where 10,000 a day are turning 65. Um, boomers are born in 46 to 64. And it's easy for me to remember because my oldest brother was born in 46 uh-huh. and I was born in, and I was born in 64. So, so we've got seven more years, Steve, of 10,000 a day turning 65. Um, Oof, and so the, yes, there's a, there's a, that's a few, that's a few. All right. Well, so, okay. So once we get to retirement, you know, if we're a baby boomer and, and you get to retirement, um, we want to be able to, to make sure we, we keep our money. But the thing is, is a lot of baby boomers are making some mistakes along the way here. So we're going to go through a list of things that we need to avoid. Right. Yeah. So to help yes. you stretch your budget. And this first one, I mean, uh, is, uh, my bullet point here is, uh, buying too many gifts for grandkids. But you know what? We love our grandkids. we got to take care of them. We've got to shower them with gifts. Right? you got to shower them. You want to spoil them, right? You want to oh, take, yeah, yes. of course, yes. You, you, you want them to have all the things that maybe you didn't have. Exactly. And, 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 I, and I, definitely, I definitely understand that. Um, you, you know, and I think, it's, I think it's a great thing that you're in a position that you can do that. Um, but what I would say is just, is just drop it down a little bit. I, you know, I, 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 I like to say, drop, just drop it down a notch, bring it, bring it back a little bit. You yeah. know, it doesn't mean you have to stop doing it. Just try not to spend, you know, just cut it back and to in line with maybe what other people are giving the, giving the child. Okay. It doesn't have to be a multiple, you know, 10 times what everybody else is giving them. Um, it can be more in line, you know, cause I know some, cause the other flip side of that, sometimes the parents and other people, there's a little bit of resentment. If, you know, if one person is spending a fortune on gifts and, Maybe they're not able to do that. And, and so I would say there's other ways you can take care of your grandkids that you don't have to spend the money now. And one of them would be a college education. That's what I was going to say. Even, like a 529 makes perfect sense to me. And you don't even have to tell anybody. So maybe you wait. Maybe you wait until they're older. And, and that would mean you're older too, right? Yeah. Because what I'm getting at is what if you give too much money away now and you need it later on? And that's where we get a problem. As a financial advisor, I hate, I hate to see... You know, I, and I've got a lot of clients that they give a lot of money to grandkids. Um, and, and there's, and a lot of them are still giving money to adult kids. Oh, that's a whole different of, ca- category, isn't it? It is a whole different category. And a lot of times it's more money too, by the way, you <laughs> well, know, it, kids aren't cheap. It, it, no, they're, no, they're definitely not, you know? So, but I would say for the, for the grandkids or great grandkids set up a 529 account. If you want to give them money, just give them a, an average price gift and then put the money into the 529, right? And if that child decides they don't want to go to college, they could use it for a trade school, right? right. Or if they, don't want to do, if they don't want to do anything, maybe they get all these scholarships and they don't need any money. Now you can give it to a different child. You could give it to yourself or your, or your spouse. Uh, you can, in other words, it doesn't, it, it's okay if you've got the money in there and that individual person that you originally named doesn't use the money, you don't lose it. You can give it to somebody else, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a lot of possibilities out there. Going on to the what I mentioned with giving to adult children, yeah. Okay, I. Th- th- it's just a, it's a pet peeve of mine. I I, I really so hate it. So how uh, how often have you had to be the bad cop? More often than I'd like, I can tell you that. Really, I mean, I'd you say, do have those conversations, don't you? I probably one out of four. No kidding. Know? I'm gonna say one out of four. You know wow. that I've had are they're still helping their kids. And guys, I'm not and I'm not talking about a college kid. I'm not talking about, you know, 19 or 20 that's in college full time. Maybe you're helping them out with tuition or maybe books or whatever it might be. Okay. I get that. I understand it. I've been in that situation. You know, when I went to college, 
um, most of the kids in my family did not. And so my parents felt that it was unfair for them to pay for me to go to college. Um, and and um, what ended up happening is they loaned me the money. My mother kept meticulous notes of every single dollar she gave me. And then uh, because the idea is to pay it back, right? And so then after I graduated, got a job and was working, I started paying it back. And then I made sure, <laughs> okay, mom, got to keep those notes, mom, right? Let yep. everybody know this is all paid back, all right? So, so I think it, it's, if it's a bridge, you know, to get them through a particular time, like they're in college, you know, then that makes sense. But in my opinion, once they're out of college, I, I'd say within six months, they should be fully independent. That's my opinion. And that means they should not, don't, you should not be giving them any more money. All right. Make them take out a credit card, get it somewhere else. Because the reality is they've got 35, 40 years that they can work and make any money that they need. You're probably close to retirement if not if you're not already retired. Whereas you spend too much money now, it could be critical later on in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I know everybody wants to help their kids. That's understandable. But there's all sorts of ways that that uh, there's all sorts of uh, you know resources in the community that are out there. The parents are not the only source. Well, and, you know, and, yeah, exactly. And so I I, I think uh, you know they should be independent. And um, you know what? If they can't make it, then you know maybe send them to the, the army recruitment center. <laughs> well, there you go. The uh, so I, I I do think too that one of another way that that we end up helping our kids is I know a story about a a, a father. Well, no, this was a grandfather retired, but his grandson kept getting in trouble. So the grandfather had to keep taking money out to get this kid out of jail, to get this kid in court. You know oh. what I mean? Those. But again, that's the kind of thing yeah. you don't let that happen. No, you don't, you don't let it happen. And, and you know, there is, and, and I've, let's say I've, I've, I'm very close to some people that had to go through things like this mm -hmm. and, um, th and there are books out there and there's a topic out there called tough love. Oh yeah. And, and what that means is if your child lands in jail, you leave them there. You don't bail them out, let them live with it and learn how to behave better and how to take care of themselves and bailing them out is is not going to solve the problem uh and i think the reason the recidivism rate is so high is because they never faced punishment to begin with sure the repeat offenders they don't learn their lesson because they always get bailed out by somebody and and so i think uh in my opinion you know they shouldn't be bailed out they should be you know left to their own means mm -hmm. let them figure let them figure it out you know they they've got a shelter they're safe right yeah so um so there you, you go you, so that's 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 my opinion, you know. But let, let's go into a to, to a different thing that's that can so, that can save some folks money though. Yeah. Guys, what, one of the things you know, when I pass the age of fifty, I'm like, oh man, I'm getting these offers from AARP, and yes, <laughs> like, like no, I'm not that old, and uh, you know. So, but it but didn't take long, and I swallowed my pride, and I said, all right, well, it is what it is, right? You can't change your age. We we all get older every single day. We're always the oldest we've ever been. And, um, and, and so I said, you know, I'm going to take advantage of it and I'm going to save, save any money I can by all these discounts that are out there for anybody 55 or 50 or whatever the age. Yeah, I know. I embraced right? it from the get go. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to a movie this weekend. I've, I've already bought the tickets. Huh? Yep. I'm one senior, please. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> I'll you buy know, one oh, for my know. wife and then one for me. <laughs> oh, Hey, at, at this point I'm saying, well, how old do you have to be to be considered senior? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, give me, give me the senior discount. And, and, uh, you know, that, but guys that could save you a lot of money. You know, I'm seeing it on like even phone plans, like 
phone, uh, you know, the cell phone plans. You can get discount. You can get discounts on those. Maybe it's only five bucks a month, but it all adds up, right? Oh yeah. And that and that's five bucks. You can I don't know go buy a burger at McDonald's or something. Um, it's five bucks you can use for something else, or you just save it. All right. And so I think everybody should be looking around, finding those discounts. You know, the the other thing me and my wife do, and, and I'm shocked that that I see it all the time. Uh, we're in a retirement community. And I see, I see a lot of contractors come up to people's houses. They just knock on your door and say, hey, man, your, your roof looks bad. Can I take a look at it? And they, they let them up there. They come back down and, you know, sorry, Mrs. Jones, you need a new roof. They don't even bother to get a second opinion. All right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think that is a major, major, major mistake. I, th- I don't know if it's, I don't know if they don't have time, if they don't have the energy uh, or, or what it is, but I would get not only a second opinion, I'm an advocate of a fourth and a fifth and a sixth and a tenth opinion. I mentioned on the show before our heat pump, our air conditioner went out last year uh, or actually this year. And, um, and I didn't really, I, I didn't plan. I didn't know it was going to go, going to go out. Um, but when I first got my, first, got my initial estimate over $10,000, I said, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I resolved myself. I said, I am not going to get taken by any of these guys. And so I literally called, I, I probably called 15, maybe 20 contractors. Holy cow. I had, 10, I had 10 actually show up and give me a quote. Seriously. And I, I'd be happy to show anybody, show them all. Yeah. Guys, from, from the best offer to the worst, there's a difference of over $4,000. Oh, right? man. Okay, we're not talking chump change here. This isn't, you know, 10 bucks, all right? which we just got done talking about saving 5 or $10. Yeah, right? which is cool, well, but. Yeah, it's cool, but why? if you're doing a big project, my goodness, that is the time you have to get multiple estimates. Please get multiple estimates. Because what wound up happening is after I talked to a couple of these guys, I realized, you know what? These guys are BSing me. Can I say that word on? on yes, podcast? of course. Yeah, podcast. They're bullshitting you want. Right? They're bullshitting me. Yeah. Right? I had a guy come out here from a local company that a lot of people told me, oh, yeah, they're really good, right? He came out and he gives me an estimate and, it's, and he's quoting me prices to repair things that don't even exist in the machine. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Okay. And I didn't know that because I'm not an AC guy. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. But then, but when later on, I told you I had multiple guys come out. And when they, after I get a few out, I'll tell the guy that's working because I want him to know basically, okay, don't try to screw me. I already had a couple quotes, right? Yeah. So I tell him what I've been told and I even show him. I say, I'll show it to you. All right. But this is the one you got to beat. And he, and, and he looks at a few of them and he, and, and he looks at it and says, you don't even have those parts in this machine. <laughs> and, he goes, I don't know what that guy's talking about, but that doesn't exist in your machine. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, so the level of, I don't know if that was ignorance, if it was just, you know, he's just trying to you know, rip me off. I think what it was is I don't think the guy was very experienced. I don't think he even knew what he was dealing with, but he didn't want to show me as a potential customer that he didn't have a clue what he was doing. And so he just made it up. He writes out the quote and that's what he gave me. All right. <laughs> And, anything and, and for a buck, huh? Anything for a buck, right? And, yeah. and so, guys, please, please, please get multiple offers, get multiple estimates, because you never know what you're going to find unless you have expertise in specifically what you're repairing. Um, you know, but I'm not an HVAC guy, and uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I'm not getting taken advantage of. And so I'm very, very glad that I did that and went through that process. Because the other thing, when you have a bunch of people come out, you'll learn a lot. You can learn a lot about what you're doing without paying a dime because they're all going to give you one or two pieces of information. Maybe you didn't know that before. So, so that's my opinion on, uh, 
well, yeah. getting work done and work, getting some work done. But you got, yeah, you got to do the legwork. You got to do, you know, you got to do your due diligence. You, you, you really do. And I, and I think, and I think that's a sign of people that are more successful later in life, because in other words, I, okay, I should, I shouldn't say successful folks that have more money left later in life because they were smart enough that they didn't waste it or blow it on something like me. I could have hired the guy that wanted me to pay for something that wasn't even in my machine. Right. Which I would have been wasting money. And, and, and so I think, I think part of being prudent and being a smart, you know, smart shopper, I guess, is, is making sure you don't get taken by somebody and, and making sure you talk to enough people that you know, you're getting a reasonable deal. It doesn't have, I'm not going to say it's a smoking, you know, great deal, but at least it's reasonable based exactly. on, you know, where you live. Right. Well, and again, well, we could keep going here, but we're kind of up against the clock, Kevin. Um, we, we can pick this up next week, maybe. And, uh, yeah, you know what? I would because yeah, I got a little long and long winded on some of these, Steve. But, but there's okay. a lot of things. There's a lot of things you can do, guys, to save a few bucks. Um, you know, one of them is going to be downsizing your home, and I've got some ideas on that one. We could talk about next show. All right, let's do that. Um, so, Kevin, yeah, what uh, as we get into the uh, you know Thanksgiving holiday, what are you what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Oh uh, well, you know what? I think uh, I, I I think we're you know I'm hearing all these forecasts from you know big storms on the horizon, economic recession coming. So what I would say, I want to echo what some other you know really rich people have said this week, is is be cut when when you're doing your shopping this year. Maybe it's not the best time to be making a big purchase. Maybe hold on to your money a little bit longer. To, let's see what 23 looks like. Be a little careful. Be a little conservative. A little cautious. And uh, let's make sure we've got plenty enough, plenty to do what we want to do next year and years beyond. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 